Today is the sixth week of our Closer series, and what I've loved about this series is that we've been seeing week by week how much our Heavenly Father wants a relationship with us. He, he, he wants to walk with us and talk with us daily and moment by moment even. And as we sang uh, earlier, it's amazing. It's amazing the, the love he has for us, that he wants to be with us. And last week with the teaching on the tabernacle, uh, you know, I, I hope you, you learned a lot, I did, from that just to be reminded of, you know, in the tabernacle was Jesus. It was all representative of, of him, God demonstrating how in the Old Testament they couldn't come into the presence of God freely. I mean, they, they, if you think about it, it was only once a year and it was only the high priest that could go into the Holy of Holies. And, and by the way, if he wasn't, uh, if he had some sin on him, they would tie a rope, I think it was, to his, his leg so that, because he would be struck down dead in the presence of God and they'd, they'd have to pull him out. So that's how scary almost the presence of God was. And when Jesus died, that veil was torn from top to bottom, as Ryan said last week signifying the fact that now we can come freely into the presence of God. And this is how much God loves us, that God pursues us, that, that he wants that relationship with us. You were created to be in the presence of God. And so today I'm talking about being friends of God. Now, there is within the human personality a need that is universally felt, and it's the need that is sought and continually pursued. This need is that everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs somebody, and if you feel like you don't, then you, you, you're trying to reverse the, the old adage that says no man is an island. And so I believe that it's safe ground to declare today that everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs a friend. In, in your life, in my life, regardless of how independent you are, regardless of how self-reliant you may be, everybody needs somebody. Somebody that is loving and loyal. We need someone who's trusted and true, someone who's willing to be with us in the dark hours, be sympathetic with us when we are sick, you know, and just uh, encourage us. So won't you say to the person next to you or behind you, everybody needs a friend. And let me now also remind you while we're on the subject that not everybody with whom you are friendly is a friend. Everybody that you have, I have over a thousand people on my Facebook, uh, and I cannot say that every one of them are, they're more acquaintances, a lot of them. They're not, you know, true friends. Um, because actually a good friend is hard to find. And that's why we've all been told at one time or another, be careful how you choose your friends. And why are we told that, church? Because the world judges us, you know, whether, whether we like it or not, we are judged by the company we keep. And that's the reason that I want to remind you today that everyone who claims to be your friend is not necessarily your friend. You, unfortunately, you do get bad friends too. You, you might hear a wife, and, and I've heard that before, you know, of her husband, a wife say of her husband, you know, when he mixes with those friends, he drinks so much. 
or, or you hear parents say, my son got into drugs because of those friends. Or my daughter has become so rebellious since she started mixing with that group of friends at school. And so we see how friends actually affect our lives. And even Jesus realized that all his friends were not totally reliable. At the worst part of his life, they deserted him. Peter denied him. Thomas doubted him. And Judas Iscariot sold him out for just 30 pieces of silver. But thank God we also have good friends that God brings into our lives. And, you know, godly friendships are one of the most powerful things that we can have in life. I can honestly say that I'm standing here today because of the godly friendships God put around me from when I was 19 years old and I gave my life to Jesus. Those friends, those days, they discipled me. They saw that I was established in the Word of God. They gave me advice as a single parent when I was struggling. They held me accountable when I was trying to make some poor decisions in my life. Um, and you know, my circle used to pray for me. Those days we called them cell groups and they prayed for us as a family to step into our destiny. And that's why I say I'm standing here today because of friends that God put into my life because friendships are powerful. And while we're on the subject, let me just remind you that if you have that kind of friend, let's thank God for them right now. Let's give him a hand. Amen. <laughs> yes, church, let's thank God for our friends, for, for those who, who accept you for who you are and don't judge you for what you're not, who support you and, and enjoy your strengths and also just support you in your weaknesses. And all that substantiates my claim today that everybody needs a friend, a good friend. And then there are some of you that have no friends. Um, and, and, and can I tell you why you have no friends? Because if we want friendship, we have to sow friendship. So number one, if you don't have friends, I, I wanna challenge you to sow some friendship. Because if you will sow into people's life, you will reap friends. Also, if you're going to be critical or negative all the time, you do push people away, then stop doing that. And, you know, the Bible says that if you, what does it say here? Let me just see. If, if you're going to have a friend, you must first be found friendly. So you can't expect to have a friend if you don't know how to be a friend. But we can teach you. We have friends around here. We can teach you if you're struggling to make friends. And even though friendships on this earth are so important and life-changing, there's another type of friendship that is even much more important. It's actually most important. And that is the friendship between you and your Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible reveals that the Lord God, the King of the universe, He's our Creator, He's our Lord and Master, He's our Judge, our Redeemer, our Father, our Savior, but wonder of wonders, it also says that he yearns to be our friend. I mean, if you think about it, from the beginning of time, when God made Adam and Eve in that garden, they were made for fellowship. Say to the person next to you, you were made for fellowship with God. And you, you, you know, they walked and talked with God in that garden. They enjoyed his presence. They lived in the glory of God. They were so free. There was no religion. 
religious stuff. It was just this loving relationship between Father God and the people that he had created. And unfortunately, we know that that all fell to pieces. But even though the basis of that relationship, that communion, you know, fell apart, God still wants to us to live in his presence. And that is why Jesus came. Jesus came to bring us back into right relationship with our Heavenly Father. He paid such a great price, church, to, so that we could come into that Holy of Holies, so that we could come and experience the glory of God. God wants that for each and every one of us. 2 Corinthians 5, 18, the Apostle Paul says this to the Corinthians. He says, all this is done by God, who through Christ changed us from enemies into his friends and gave us the task of making others his friends also. You see, the Bible is his love story to us of how he pursues us, of how he wants to be with us, how he, he wants to, us to enjoy his presence, and he wants to enjoy being in our presence. He, he wants this. And you know, that's why I often say to people, Christianity is not a religion. Because what is religion? Religion is man trying to find God. You know, they do all kinds of things, cut themselves, whatever, to, to try and find God. But Christianity is God, a loving God who loves his people that came down to us. He came down. His love pursued us. He came down to us to, to have this relationship with us. He provided so that we could have the relationship with, with us. And he wants to know each one of us personally. He wants to be your personal friend, your personal savior. He's interested in every area of your life, all the little things that worry you. He's interested in that. So church, how do we build this friendship with God? I mean, where do we even start? So when, when I was prepping this, I just felt to take you through one stage after the, the other. And, and, and let's just break it down to how we build this friendship with God. And firstly, we become friends of God by connecting with him. So if you want to build a friendship with someone, you firstly need to connect with them. On Facebook, we send a friend request. Like, we want to connect with you. We send a friend request. And in person, we let the person know, let's go and have a coffee together. Or, you know, I, I really want to be your friend. And then we spend time and effort building the friendship. And it's the same when it comes to becoming friends of God. You need to let him know that you want to connect with him. And the Bible tells us how to get connected and so, so we can build the relationship. You see, you cannot come, we cannot come close to the Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father in our own strength because of sin. And that is why Jesus came, as I said earlier, because sin separates us from God. But at the cross, Jesus took upon himself the sins of the world. He was suffering there and doing warfare for you and I to have this relationship. Colossians 1 verses 21 to 22 says, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach, in his sight. 
So to be acceptable to him, we need to believe what Jesus did for us on the cross, and we need to receive him. We need to send him a friend request, as it were. John 1 verse 12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So to connect, we receive him, and then we believe in his name. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And the minute you make that connection, he gives you the right, as we see here, to become a child of God. And secondly, we become friends by communicating with him. You see, all good friendships are built on good communication. And Jesus made the way for us to come freely into God's presence. And you see, it's, as I said earlier, it's not like the Old Testament where, where the high priest could only come once a year. Now the Holy Holies of Holies is open. We can come right into that throne room 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Is How blessed we are living in this time of grace because we have access to God anytime we want to speak to him. It's a 24-7 connection. His love is always open, church. Hebrews 4 verses 4 to 16 says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, that there, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Yes, church, to build a friendship with Jesus, let's realize that he is our high priest. He understands what you're going through. He knows your struggles. He knows your weaknesses. And actually, he wants you to bring them to him. We shouldn't run from God when we are struggling with sin. We should run to God because he understands. And we don't come groveling. We come, it says we come boldly. That's not pride. We come knowing we are forgiven. We come knowing that we are covered by the blood of Jesus. And that's why we can come. And what is prayer? What is communication with God? It is prayer. And prayer is simply talking to God. You see, you will never grow a close relationship with God if you're just coming to church once a week and going to your circle once a week. All those, those are good habits. But you, 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 will, you will only build a, a closer relationship with God when you cultivate this friendship. You see, God wants to be included in every area of your life, whether it's your um, activities, every problem. It's okay to ask him for parking. I often do. You know, it's okay because he wants to be included in every activity. Sometimes I'm struggling with my hair in the mornings. Like, God, please help me with my hair, you know. Um, so he, he wants to be that included in our life, you know. And the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing. And that doesn't mean that we have to be on our knees 24-7. But what it does mean is that we need to have an open-ended conversation with God throughout the day. You know, just like you enjoy having a coffee with your best friend and you're pouring out your heart to, to them and you get their opinion of what's on your mind, God wants that type of relationship with us. So it involves speaking your heart, he knows it anyway, and listening. Sometimes we can just sit quietly there and let God speak 
speak to us. You know, sometimes there's so much noise in the world that we need to take a quiet place and just sit there and say, okay, God, speak to me. And God gives us room to speak. You know, we can, we can even have a tantrum if we're angry. And, you know, we, we can, he, he wants us to be that real. And it's amazing how spending time with him in prayer can change our perspective of people and situations. John 15 verse 16, Jesus said to his disciples, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So that, listen to what prayer does, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. But he won't give us if we don't ask. <laughs> he, he won't give us if we don't speak to him about these things. He wants us to, to have that communication with him. There's a really helpful book by a guy called Brother Lawrence, and it's called Practicing the Presence of God. Now, Brother Lawrence lived in the 17th century, and he was a cook in a French monastery. And what he, he did is that he, he, he turned ordinary mundane things like preparation of food, washing the dishes, into opportunities to worship God, to share his burdens and to seek God's guidance. And he says this, he says, the key to friendship with God, he said, is not changing what you do, but changing your attitude to what you do. And so brother, this led Brother Lawrence to pray shorter conversational prayers continually during the day, rather than trying to pay, pray for long periods of time. So th this is a skill we can have in our lives, where we, where we just like, Lord, I'm going into this meeting now, please help me. I, I just committed to you. Or you can be talking to a friend on the phone, Lord, they're going through a hard time, you know, just in your mind. Lord, give me wise counsel for them in this situation. Or, Lord, thank you for, for my lunch. You know, thank you that you've provided for me. There's many people that don't have food. Thank you for my lunch today. You know, it's as simple as that. And God wants us to... Um, to do that, to, to just have that conversation with him through the day. Yes, long times of prayer and set times of prayer are also good, but I, I think it's better for us to practice the presence of God, as Brother Lawrence said, in, in just communicating with God like he's your best friend throughout the day. And then thirdly, we, we become friends of God by knowing his word. You see, communication is a two-way street. Just as we speak to God through prayer, he wants to speak back to us. And yes, there is that still small voice inside that sometimes he'll speak to you, but he mainly speaks to you through his word. John 15 verses 14 to 15, Jesus says, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father. I've made known to you. And the word friend here that Jesus uses means much more than a passing acquaintance. It means a close, trusted friend. And so, you know, God has told us, he said, you my friends, if you do whatever I command you, but if we don't know the word, we don't know what he's commanding us to do. So that's why we need to know the word. We need, to, I believe friends, true friends of God are people of the word. You know, in the Bible, we find out the likes and dislikes of God. Actually, the Bible is God's mind. 
You, you find out how God thinks about situations. You, you, you find out how his kingdom works because we are in this new kingdom when we are born again children of God. So how well we know God, therefore, will be how well we know his word as well. Actually, Jesus is the word. He is the word. And while we cannot spend all our days studying the Bible, we can think about it throughout the day. And it's called meditating on the word. Now, meditation is often misunderstood as, you know, things that monks do in a monastery. You know, that's why I used to think of meditation like that. It's, mm, you know, sitting there just <laughs> meditating. But actually the word meditation means focused thinking. It means focused thinking. So if you are, for instance, if you are sick and you're thinking about your sickness all the time and you're thinking about it over and over again, you're focusing on that, you're worrying. That's called worry. But if you take a scripture, if you just switch that focus and take a scripture by his stripes I'm healed, and you put that in your mind and you think about that, yes, I'm feeling sick, but by his stripes I'm healed. Yes, I'm feeling sick, but he, and throughout the day, just focus on that verse instead of the worry, then you are meditating. So let me say today, church, if you can worry, you can meditate. <laughs> Hold the Bible and God's perfect will for your life is in your hands. Get to know God's word better and his purposes for you will come, become increasingly plain. And I was so amazed at the word Louis brought today because as I was prepping this, God told me just to give you a little testimony of how the word changed me one day. I woke up very angry with someone. And uh, as I was waking up, I was thinking, now I'm going to confront this person today, and boy, I am going to give them a piece of my mind. <laughs> but as I was getting ready for work, I had a bit of a quiet time, and the reading of that day was on forgiveness. <laughs> and so, while I was reading those verses, by the time I was finished reading those verses on forgiveness, my whole perspective of the situation changed. Instead of being angry, I ended up, the anger just left me. And I ended up praying for God's blessing on that person. And I went out of my, that room with, with a totally, totally different perspective. And you see, this is how God's word is so powerful. That, that, and if I hadn't got the word in my mind that day, how would I have responded? Well, I would have responded terribly. And I was just thinking, Lord, if we neglect your word, then it's the little changes every day that don't happen, that should be happening. You see how important it is, even if it's just one verse that we get into our minds. I remember, uh, I've spoken about it before, having a promise box. I've still got one. But one guy in our church used to take out one of those verses a day and stick it in his car. And he would meditate on that the whole day. And I thought, that's such a good idea, you know, uh, because we need to get our minds full, full of the word. And if you're battling to forgive today, take the word and read some scriptures on forgiveness. Boy, it will really help you to forgive. So, you know, the word changes the way we, we think and the way we behave. And every time we trust God's word and do what it says, we go deeper in our friendship with God. 
deeper and closer to him. And, you know, he said, you, you, my friends, if you do whatever I command you, because obedience is something Jesus connects to friendship with him. And when we are full of the word, it's easy. To, like that, that day, it was easy for me to obey the word and to forgive that person. If you're full of the word, it will be easy because you're doing it out of love for him and not out of duty. And then fourthly, we, we become friends of God by putting our faith and trust in him. You will never build a strong friendship without trust. When we trust someone, it means that we have faith in them and we believe them. We give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, the Bible has an example of someone who had an extremely unique friendship with God. His name was Abraham. Abraham was called the friend of God. And, and James 2, 2 verse 23 mentions this. It says, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Please note when it says that Abraham is a friend of God, this is not Abraham's assessment of his relationship with God. This is God's assessment of his relationship with Abraham. Imagine that, being called a friend of God. And some people mistakenly believe that, you know, to come into his presence, I grew up like that before I, I met Jesus as my savior. You've got to keep the law and you've got to keep the golden rule, you know, do unto others as it should be done unto you. And then, then you'll be able to come into God's presence. But please note, when Abraham um, was on the earth, the law wasn't even there yet. He lived in a time where there was no law. Uh, it hadn't been given yet. And Abraham became the friend of God by faith alone. He put all his trust in God. You see, God made Abraham a promise, and I'm sure many of you know the promise. He said, through your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But we know that he was in a, an impossible situation because he, he was, you know, as good as dead. You will see the scriptures now. His wife could not have, she was past childbearing age when he received this promise. And here's one of my favorite scriptures when it comes to, to the story. And in Romans 4, 16 to 17, it says, So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. I love that because God's promises are just his gift to us. We just have to receive it by faith. Okay. And we are all certain to receive it. That's so, that's so final to me. We are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is a father of all you believe. Ask the person next to you, how's your faith? That is what the scripture means when God told them, I've made you the father of many nations. God said that in the past tense, I have made you father. When he, he, he still waited another 25 years after that. But God says, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because look at what Abraham did. Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Listen to me, church. God can bring dead things back to life. Maybe your marriage has died today. Well, I'll speak resurrection life in that marriage. Maybe it's, maybe it's a friendship that's died. Maybe it's, it's um, dreams that have died in your life. 
You feel disappointed. Some of you are sitting here, you're so disappointed because it's never happened. Well, God can resurrect it. That's what Abraham believed. That's what the father of our faith believed. And I love this. He said, and he believed in the, that God could create new things out of nothing. Listen, church, have you ever been in a situation, I have many times, where I just think there's nothing left, God. There's just nothing left. I mean, there's just no solution to this. There's, there, there's no resources for this. It's, it's just like we, I'm so down to nothing. Well, Abraham believed that God could make new things out of nothing. Out of nothing. He needs nothing. to. If, if, if he hasn't got the solution for you, he will create it. That's what Abraham believed. He can make new things out of nothing. He just doesn't need anything to work with. And then it goes on to say in verse 18 and 19, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would be the father, become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. So church, we must not give up hope. This friend of God shows us that in our friendship relationship, don't give up hope. Even if it seems hopeless, Abraham believed that if God said it, it would come to pass. Abraham didn't allow his faith to weaken because of his age and Sarah's age. The promises of God are not dependent on our age. You are not too old or too young to receive God's promises. And I want to challenge the older people in the room because I know the mindsets we have to find as we're starting to get older, you know. Listen, God can, he used him at 100 years old to change the world. So you've got some, some pity to, you know, to, you, you, you've still got some mileage to go to catch up. Maybe there, there's elderly people sitting here today that God wants you to rise up and change the world around you. Amen. And verse 20 to 22 says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, church. And in this, he brought glory to God. If your faith will get stronger and stronger, you will bring glory to God. He was fully convinced that if God is able to, that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, his faith, God counted him as righteous. And there's no place for doubt and unbelief in his life. It says here that he was fully convinced. He, he knew that God would keep his promises no matter what. And you might say, okay, well, he lived a long time ago. How does that affect me? How do I become a friend of God? Well, the same way Abraham did. You believe God. You believe God. And, you know, he waited 25 years for, for that promise. But he believed God in spite of what it looked like. Yes, church, if you want to be best friends with God, you need to be a person of faith. In Luke 17, 5, the apostles asked Jesus to increase their faith. And in Mark 9, the father of a demon-possessed boy says this to Jesus. He says, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. 
And there are many places in scripture where Jesus rebuked his disciples quite a few times because of the weakness of their faith. And maybe he's rebuking some of us this morning. We need to root out that doubt. Say that to the person next to you, root out that doubt. God wants us to be people of faith. And your, your friendship with God will be in, affected if you're always doubting him. So if you're struggling with your faith, ask God to increase your faith. I, I, in fact, I pray that for this church today, that God will increase our faith as a church. That God, we believe, but help our unbelief. If we come to church even as a community full of faith, full of expectation that God is going to do mighty things, I'm telling you, we will change the city. So let's, let's be a believing people. Amen. And as I said earlier, everybody needs a friend, but good friends are hard to come by. And ultimately, you are as close to God as you choose to be. I always say to people, if you're feeling far from God, guess who moved? It's not God. It's you, and you can just go back to him. You see, intimate friendship with God is a choice. It's not an accident. You must intentionally seek it. And for those of you who have never sent him that friend request, and maybe you're sitting here today and you're not born again, you've never received Jesus as your savior, well, I want to challenge you today to send him a friend request. Can we just close our eyes for a moment, please? And to connect with him and to send him that friend request, you need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you need to receive him into your life as your personal savior. If that is you, I wanna say, I just sense that God has been pursuing you for some time. His love has been around you. He's spoken to you many times. There are times where even I feel some here, he saved your life. I just feel that's a word for somebody today. He saved your life so that you could come to this meeting at this moment and give your life to him. So if that is you today, I want you to indicate by raising your hand, not so much to me, but to God. Lord, I'm gonna receive you today as my personal Lord and Savior. Anybody in the room, would you just raise your hand so that I see that hand? Anybody else? Yes, I see those hands going up all over the room. Thank you. You can put those hands down. Anyone else? I just feel someone's in a real battle today. I just want to give you another opportunity. Would you just say, yes, Lord. Yes, that's me. You're speaking to me. And would you just, uh, we're going to pray now with you as a church and we are going to help you. We're going to pray what we call the sinner's prayer where we um, just take you through the prayer of inviting Jesus to come into your heart and life. And I want you, as we're praying this prayer, to stand in faith, to believe that He's coming in because He promises, believe His promise that He will come in and give you the right to become a child of God. Let's pray right now, church. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and purchase a place for me in heaven. I ask you to forgive me for my sins and I believe that Jesus died for me and rose again. And I receive him right now into my life as my Lord and Savior. 
take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be, you've created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. And just, uh, amen, we celebrate and we thank God for that church. And I just want us to just stay in an attitude of prayer because I want to challenge the believers in the room right now. You know, if you, I just want us to take a, you, to take a moment and to take stock of your relationship with God. How's it going with you and Jesus today? And if, you know, if you're falling short in, in one of these areas, I want you to, to just talk to Jesus just in these moments and just make that commitment to Him. You know, maybe it's that you're feeling far from Him. Won't you just right now repent of that? Repent, just confess what has pulled you away. I see someone here that's really been pulled away. I think it's by friends. You need to repent of that. And, you, and, and tell Him that you're sorry and come back to Him, move closer to Him. Or maybe there's some of you need to strengthen your prayer life. Or is it that you've been neglecting the Word of God and you need to make a commitment to, today to say, Lord, I'm going to begin meditating on your Word. Or maybe it's the, the, the last one, which is a big one, and that is to get rid of doubt in your life. I just root out all doubt in the hearts of, of, of God's people today in Jesus' name. God wants you to be a person of faith. And yes, you've been disappointed. Maybe God didn't come through for you like you thought he should come through for you. But let me say today that God wants you to believe even when there's no hope. There seems to be no hope. So let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your people today. I thank you. Father God, that you've brought us to this place today and that you are so personally interested in our relationship with you. And, and Father, I just pray that for those who have pulled away from you, that, that even as, as they've repented of that this morning, that you will help them now just to draw closer and closer. Father, I pray that you'll help your people to communicate more with you, Jesus, to speak to you day by day, 24-7, in prayer and communicate. And Father, I pray that you'll give us a fresh hunger for your word, a fresh hunger to, to just spend time with you, just allowing you to speak to us about our lives. Lord, I just know there are people that you want to call in this place and you have a special assignment for them. But, but God is saying, I can't get close to you unless you get in my word so that I can give you that new direction. And I pray spe specifically for that person, Lord, that, that you will help them to, to focus and meditate on your word. And Father, I pray for those who are in doubt and unbelief today. Lord, will you increase their faith? Will you, will you help them to overcome their unbelief? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And church, I just, amen. Thank you, Lord. And I just want to say to those of you who raised your hand, welcome to the family of God. I can tell you now the angels in heaven are rejoicing uh, at the fact that, um, yeah, that some more sinners have come home. We have a salvation pack for you as you go out here today. And on the pack, there's a tail strip. It's just to give you a little bit more information of how your next steps in serving God. So please take one and 
we, we want to ask you also just to fill in your details and then tear that strip off and hand it into the information desk so that we have your information and that we can connect with you too. Thank you and God bless.